Hour number two of Overtime Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller alongside Davis Rangy and producer Matthew. We talked a little bit in the first hour about who the GOAT was. Now I want to break it down by position. The best point guard ever. Magic. Is my mic? Yeah, we hear you. Best point guard of all time is Magic Johnson. I, I think that's consensus. I mean, I don't even know how you could argue it. Steph. The dude was like six. <laughs> the dude was like six foot nine and could do magical things with the basketball. Hence the name. Chloe. Magic Johnson. Yeah, it's Magic Johnson at the one. Number two, or at the two. Consensus. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yes. Yep. The three. Now we got a little bit of deba- uh, debate. No, you don't. Ah, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Don't let your LeBron bias. It's LeBron James, your LeBron best forward of all time. Of all time. Yep. Larry Bird. Nah. Uh, nah. Yeah. Well, you're losing two. in my five then, I guess. Larry Bird's two, and Larry Bird, is, Larry Bird and KD are interchangeable at two and three. Okay, I mean, bro, I don't even know. You can classify KD as a power forward or a small forward, yeah, honestly. One. But, yeah, it's so KD, two for KD, one for Larry Bird for small forward. Power forward, who you got? I have Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. I have Tim Duncan That's also. an easy one. Yeah, He's the best power forward yeah. ever. I mean, I don't think anyone really comes I mean, close to him. Yeah, Dirk. I mean, Dirk or K- – but Dirk only has one ring, ring. but so does Ke- Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Um, I can't throw a call Malone on there. Nah. No. Nope. Call him Mel, man. He never delivered. Nope. Okay. Uh, let's move on from Carl <laughs> Malone. At center, who do we have? I think it's really only two options. Uh, I think there's three. Hmm. I mean, Shaq or Kareem. Hakeem. Yeah, Hakeem is a shout. Hmm. Hakeem, yeah. Hakeem has two two rings. Back to back. Shaq has four. four. Yeah, three at the Lakers, one with Heat. Kareem has six, correct? Sounds right. How many do you get with LA? Four? How many Magic have? Four or three. I think Magic had four. Let me see for sure. I think Larry has three. I mean... People like tend to forget how dominant the Lakers and the Celtics were in the eighties. Uh, they won it every other year. Magic basically. has five. Magic has five. Okay. Kareem hmm. has. I think six. I think he has six. Do you one with a uh... Kareem has six? Yeah. Wow. But he only has two Finals MVPs. Correct, because Magic won it his first championship because he because Kareem was injured that series and Magic got to play the five. And according to the doc, it was very uh, media pushed. Because they wanted Magic Johnson and Larry Bird to have a little budding rivalry, yep. which they did. But yeah, it was one of the greatest rivalries in the sport. I mean, up until what '89, it was basically Celtics Lakers every year until the Pistons won it '89, and I think the six, did the Seventy Sixers won it one year. No, no, because Chuck doesn't have one, and Chuck didn't go to Phoenix until '93. Not. Ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, no, mistake me. Come if I'm wrong. Nineteen eighty two NBA Finals. I thought six. I thought Sixers beat the Lakers because that would have been what Magic's sixth. Lakers. Nineteen eighty two NBA Finals or eighty one. It was eighty one would have been the Celtics. Yeah. Nineteen eighty two was the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Seventy Sixers. Okay, they went to the finals. NBA Finals. Hmm. Like I, just, I could just see Boston like, Celtics. So it was just it was just LA Boston up until eighty nine. 
So in the 80s, read me off starting in 1980, all your champions, all the way up to 89. Oh my God, give me a second. Golly. Didn't the Pistons win too? They won it in 1990 as well, didn't they? They won not? 89 and 90, and then Jordan won 91, 1993. Give me a second, folks. All that right. Bulls, Bulls, Bulls. Rockets, Rockets, Bulls, Bulls, Bulls. All the way to 1947. All right. 1980, Los Angeles Lakers. 1981, Houston Rockets. Oh, wait. What? No. It's like Wikipedia, man. Get your sources right. Thanks. No, Boston beat Houston in six games in 81. Yeah. So I guess Wikipedia is wrong then? I'm I'm almost 100% on that one. 1980, Los Angeles Lakers. 1981, Boston Celtics. 1982, Los Angeles Lakers. 1983, Philadelphia 76ers. That's it. Uh, 83, yes. 84, Celtics. 85, Lakers. 86, Celtics. 87, Lakers. 88, Lakers. Yep. 89, Pistons. Pistons. Yeah. 90, Pistons. Then Jordan comes in. Yeah. So it was a, uh, that was one year off. Yeah. Uh, and that was before yeah. Barkley got there. Yeah, that was when they had uh, Moses Malone, Dr. Jo- J. Dr. J, uh, Maurice Cheeks. They swept them, too. Yeah. 4-0. Yeah, Maurice Cheeks, Dr. J, Moses Malone. I mean, they had a squad back then. But who's your uh, – you said Hakeem, correct? Hakeem, yes. Kareem, and Shaq. Yeah. I think – because, I mean, I mean, none of us ever will ever see Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell play. I mean, Bill Russell won 11 championships in 13 years. And somewhere as a player coach, I mean, there is something to be said about that. Now, the issue that I take to – like people trying to put Wilt Chamberlain in this conversation is the fact that he was seven foot one playing against a bunch of guys. I think Bill Russell might have been the second tallest in the NBA at the time, and he had three inches on him. He holds the record for most rebounds in the game. I think it's what fifty five. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, I mean, we have literally no document. Do we have any documentation of him scoring hundred points? There's only records of the fourth quarter and on. There's no uh, audio or video yeah, from yeah. the first three quarters of that game, yeah. and that's why I brought that debate up a few months ago. Was did he actually score hundred points? Nobody can verify 100% that he did unless they were in attendance. But even then, how is someone in the stands, like, keeping track of every bucket that goes down? Yeah, I mean. I mean, they could have been uh, fraudulent stats for all we know. I mean, the closest we've ever seen anybody get to it is 81. By Kobe, yeah. Kobe, yeah. That was phenomenal. Elgin Baylor held it. Elgin Baylor had 78 or 9. That's – he had 70 – he had 70-something. Dude, I'm pretty sure that entire game's on film, though. Yeah, that game is, yeah. It's kind of crazy because, like, first person, Devin Booker had 71 against the Celtics uh-huh. in, like, 2015 or 16, and I thought that was insane. Then Donovan Mitchell had 71 this year, but that was the same night as the DeMar Hamlin thing, so no one cared. But, I mean, it's kind of insane how much, like, uh, scoring goes on because both of those happen in, like, a span of five years, and – no one had come close to Kobe's 81 before then. Well, does it amaze you that nobody has ever been able to break Michael Jordan's playoff record of 63 points? Uh, not really. I, I don't know because – And he did that against the Boston Celtics. Yeah, yeah, but he also lost though, right? Yeah, he did. They lost that game. Yeah. That's what's so weird is they lost the game in double overtime, 117 yeah. to 113. It's like LeBron in that 2018 uh, finals game one. I mean, this the it was like – it was a low-scoring game, but he had like forty something, and they still lost. Like four, what? God, it was like forty-eight or something. Yeah, forty-eight. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they've been taught it's like Iguodala for the Warriors. Said it was like the best best game I've ever seen in my life, like best performance ever, and they still lost. Like it doesn't matter. 
in the playoffs, man, like you're not going to win a ring or you're going to get anywhere without a team. You can't just yeah. be a single man crew. It doesn't yeah. work. Like Jordan had 63, but I mean Giannis had 50 in the closeout game but he, against the Suns, and he won. Yeah, he won. But he also had Middleton, Middleton. who was big that series. Drew Holiday oh, was yeah. huge. P.J. Tucker, even though people don't talk about him. Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis had an amazing game. I love Bobby Portis. That's another yes. person I wish the Grizzlies would have signed. Uh, yeah, I but, wish uh, we him. He's gritty. He, yeah, he faced I mean, <laughs> Grizzlies uh, <laughs> narrative for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, man, it's just like LeBron or Jordan, I mean, I feel like they if they're by themselves, like LeBron could have scored probably 81 game and that 2018 team he probably still wouldn't have won like that's how bad like you can't just do that by yourself you got to get your teammates involved and I mean I mean look at LeBron with the what 2007 finals he could have scored 80 and they still would have lost they got swept and he averaged like 35 a game we know that was the big thing around Michael Jordan after the 1990 Eastern Conference Finals exit where they had that happen for the second year in a row team it takes a team to win the championship. Because whispers started growing louder that Michael Jordan was just a one-man show. So then Michael starts getting his team involved. He starts getting Scottie Pippen involved. Bill Cartwright, Stacey King, all those guys, they started getting more involved. Uh, yeah, was it was Paxson the first three? Steve Coe was the second three, correct? Correct. I mean, you got Paxson involved. I mean, you got to look at Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and then, and then you bring in Steve Coe, then it's Robin for the second three, Pete. Will Purdue! Yeah, you, like the narrative that Jordan did it, like Jordan had help also. LeBron has had help in all of his championships, but so did Jordan. So is every champion in history. I was going to say, when is the last champion that didn't really have any help? This help, this Toronto, help narrative, maybe. this help narrative that people get carried, like the main stars, like Jordan or LeBron, is just asinine. I don't even think. I mean, I mean, Dallas. I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't say Toronto. Dirk had help too, yeah, though. Dirk had help. I wouldn't say but, Toronto was a one-man show. I mean, no, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi and they Kyle. had a solid-ass team. Yeah, Kyle, Fred Fleet, Kawhi, Pascal, so Danny Green. Like, Danny Green was on that team too. Yeah, a lot of talent. Yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think if there has been a team that hasn't had that much talent. Like if you go back, there. To- maybe think- the Pistons. I was thinking about this today. Go back to the 2011 Thunder. That roster from top to bottom is absolutely stacked. Yeah, you got what Russell. Harden. They lost, but they yeah. made it. They got. I mean, you, talk about, you talk about uh, you talk about the 2004 Pistons. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's probably the last time. Bef- I mean, I don't, you had I, Ben Wallace, you had a washed Rasheed Wallace, and you, you had you had Tayshawn, you had uh, Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Bills. But I wouldn't say any of those guys were really none of those superstars. guys were exactly so yeah. gel. That's like a collection of talent. Yeah. So the and two, then they imploded. 2011 Thunder, you had Nick Collison, Daquan Cook, Kevin Durant, Derek Fisher, James Harden, Sergi Baca, Reggie Jackson, Kendrick Perkins. Tabo Cephalosha and Russell Westbrook. I'm leaving Cephalosha, that's, that's a name a, I haven't heard that's in a minute. That's a squad. That's a squad right there. And I mean, I mean, we play LeBron coming off of a uh, loss in the finals to the Mavs. I mean, we all knew. I think we all knew LeBron was going to win the next year. He wasn't going to lose again. No. Yeah, but I'm for like even the Thunder. If you go back and look at the betting odds, the Thunder were favored. That they series. Were. They were, yeah. You know, people try to discredit that ring also and say the baby Thunder. They were baby, but they were favored. They were a good Thunder team. And they won the first game of that series, and then mm-hmm. the Heat won the next four oh, yep. and beat them in five games. Yep. And that was the old format of 2-3-2. Two, two. Yeah, they stopped doing that, and I don't know what year it was. But I, I, I like it now when it's 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. That's how it should be. Yeah, because, I mean – the three is – that's a yeah. long time to be yes. home, man. And, yes. like, 
go look at the 2014 finals. If that game seven was not Miami, I'm not sure the Heat win that ring. They probably don't. I mean, you got to go back. Granted, that was a backbreaker of a play. You're literally a second away, a rebound away from going, um, <laughs> from winning that ring. And then all of a sudden, it's a kick out to Ray Allen in the corner three. Bang. Well, and then the next game, because that was just game six yep. to yeah. tie the series. The next game, if Tim Duncan misses a little chippy. Yep. Which was his bread and butter. Yeah, but he missed it. He knew it was over. He'd yep. come back and force slam in the floor, and then LeBron yep. had to mid range to put him up four, and that was ball game. Yep. Was it okay? So LeBron won in 2012. Mm-hmm. They lost in 2013. No, they won in 2013. Yes, they won. They no. lost 2011. Won in 12 and 13. Lost, lost in 14. Lost in 14. Goes back to Cleveland. Lost in 15. Mm-hmm. Won in 16. Mm-hmm. Lost in 17. Lost in 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, won in 20. Yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. So he won two. He won two straight at yes Miami. At Miami. Okay. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, he probably, he probably should have three peated. Yes, that's the one. I'm the biggest LeBron fan on the planet, and I could admit that he should have won the 2011 Finals against the Mavericks. But Dirk was on a mission that year. But I mean, he still should not have lost that that uh, series. Well, that's why he gets brought up in the discussion of the greatest power forward ever. He's definitely top three. I mean, what they they were in a zone, correct? Yeah, That's what the Mavs did. Yeah, they were in the zone. Because yeah. LeBron really had not developed any kind of outside shot to, yeah. at that point in his career. He was just trying to pull his way to the basket like Giannis does now. Mr. Run and Dunk Man. Yeah, pretty much. That's, That's what he was. Here's a question. What you got? <laughs> Will Giannis go down as a top five player of all time? Could. I don't know. I don't think his roster has – I don't know, man. I, I, they've had some injuries. Like Middleton has not gotcha. been as good as he had been. Recently, and I, I don't even think they get past the Nets that year. They won the finals, had Kyrie not gotten hurt, and had James Harden hurt that series also. I don't think they would have even been in the finals that year. So I don't know. But Giannis definitely has already has a Hall of Fame resume, man. He does. I mean, he he stuck it out in Milwaukee. And you got to respect that in today's NBA. Absolutely. Let's get Jason in here next. What do you say, Jason? What's going up? What's going on, guys? What's up, buddy? Listen, listening to you guys talk, I I, I just want to give you my all-time uh, starting five. Okay. Okay. I agree with you. Magic at the point. Give me Jordan at the two. I'm going to take LeBron at the three, just because in crunch time situations, we know how he's not always been Mister Clutch and wanting to take that shot. MJ's already on the floor, LeBron can distribute. But if you need a bucket, LeBron can take it to the hole, nobody's stopping it. I agree with Duncan at the four, and man, give me big diesel. Shaq, nobody, nobody can could stop him. Now, I'll say this. I've heard all the the old national guys like Bob Ryan with the Boston Globe, Will Bond, Kornheiser, they all say that Bill Russell is the best big man to ever play the game. I never saw Bill Russell play, so I do have to, you know, uh, take into consideration what they're saying. But, man, for, for my money, give me Shaq because nobody and, and nobody could stop him. Well, I mean, even when he was skinnier could, in his younger days, nobody could stop him. I mean, the dude brought down the house twice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I've met Shaq, like, in airports and stuff. That's it. Like, I met him in his prime. And, did, like, I just I walked away going, I can't imagine having that that big joker backing me down 
and just dunking all over my face. I just, of course, I'm I'm five eleven anyway, but like, um, I, I the only person who could stop Shaq was, was Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, I think that's because consensus. he couldn't hit a free throw, and so they just you know did the whole hack a Shaq thing. Um, now if if he was a sixty five percent career free throw shooter. I mean, what what was he, 47, 48, something like that? It's it was like, not good. He was like 48.7 or something. It's funny to yeah. hear uh, Draymond say he could stop Shaq. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Get, get out. Yeah, he couldn't stop Shaq now, and Shaq's like 52. Yeah, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking Shaq right I'm now. I'm taking Shaq right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Shaq in his prime, it, it, like, I'd put him up against anybody in any era – of any big man in their prime, and nobody stopped him. I think the only person that Shaq said that ever stopped Shaq was Yao Ming. Well, it's because Yao Ming was yeah, like seven, seven foot six. Seven. Equally as big. Yeah, almost. he was equally as big. Right. Yeah. Now, does, uh, speaking of Yao Ming, does Edie from Purdue, not to go way off topic here, but uh, does Edie for, for Purdue give off some Yao Ming vibes? A little bit. Yao Ming had a shot though. I would I would say Yao Ming's more a lot more skilled. Yeah, than Yao, Yao skilled, Ming yeah. could. Yao Ming. I mean, Shaq even talked talked about this one. If Yao Ming turned around, you, you couldn't block his shot. No, I mean, it was so high up in the air. So, yeah. no. so I don't I don't see right. I don't see Zach Eady posting up and having a turnaround shot like that. Yeah. Well, I I tell you this this uh, this NBA today, I, I'm I'm going to sound completely like get off my lawn guy. But, uh, man, it's not even remotely close to what I grew up watching. Late 80s, early 90s. Man, if you took it to the hole, you ended up on the floor. And half the time it wasn't even called. Unless your name was Michael Jordan or Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Jordan rules. But, I mean, you know, I just thought it was comical the other night when LeBron went to the hole and just barely got – Barely got tapped on the wrist and just lost his mind. Like you would have thought that he got clothesline going in. Could you imagine LeBron going up against like those Pistons teams with Rick Mahorn and Bill Lane Beer? And oh, it, he would get absolutely crushed. Well, it's like I said earlier. Bill Lane Beer would clothesline him. He'd cry about it. And then Isaiah Thomas would punch him in the face, and then he'd get back up after that. And Dennis <laughs> Rodman's hitting him with a right hook. Oh, you know, the least of the dirtiest players on that team, I think, was Joe Dumars. And Joe Dumars was, like, the nice guy on that team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, that 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 bunch was, uh, I mean, that it was, I hated them just because I liked the Bulls growing up. But, um, man, yeah, that, that, that was some great NBA. But, anyway, I just thought I'd uh, give you all a shout and uh, – just throw my two cents in there. Throw my hat in the ring for my all-time starting five. So, anyway. Hey, love the show tonight, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thank you for the phone call, Jason. Stay with us. John Dunn of the All Ball Calling Show joins us next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio Overtime continues. Pleased to be joined by my friend John Dunn of the All Ball Calling Show. John, what's up, man? Hey, gentlemen, how y'all doing this evening? Doing well, man. Talking a little Vols basketball, talking a little bit NBA, some all-time NBA action. Let's get right to Tennessee 
in its past two games a combined 100 points. And, John, you and I have seen the same statistics. We went 5 of 46 from three in the previous two games, only hitting two on Saturday. And one of the worst games that I think we've ever watched at this high of a level of basketball. And when you look at the shot quality, this statistic that everyone loves to float around, oh, well, they're taking good shots. They're taking good shots. John, I feel like that makes it worse because if you're getting the good shots, you should be knocking them down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what determines a good shot is my question. Um, that's kind of subjective, in my opinion, because a player like myself, uh, back in the day, you know, I was a pure shooter, so I needed a lot less space. I could shoot from farther back. So a good shot for me might not necessarily be a good shot for somebody else. So that metric is a little skewed, in my opinion. Um, but, it, you know, like you said, it does kind of speak to the inverse of what they're trying to do by throwing that statistic out by saying, hey, you're getting some good looks. Well, why are you shooting 27% for four straight games? Um, you know, we talked about this on the podcast the other day. You look at this past week for Tennessee and how they've shot from outside. That is an exact visual sample size of how well they've been playing or how, excuse me, how poorly they've been playing. Um, that is the exact um, you, you look at the past couple games, that is the exact, or you look at the Auburn game, excuse me, that is how they've played for the past two games. That Auburn game is the exact number from beyond the arc, how they've played. They're, they're just shooting absolutely abhorrently from deep. Uh, they don't seem to be getting anything on the interior done either. You know, we've harped on that year in, year out, uh, or all year long, excuse me. I don't know why they can't seem to get some sort of interior presence going. Uh, these scoring droughts, when you're in a five, six, seven-minute scoring drought, Get a high-percentage bucket. A dunk, it doesn't get much higher percentage than that. A layup, not much better than that either. Get to the charity stripe. It's called a free throw for a reason. They're going to have to figure it out. And I don't know if they've got it in them to do it or not. It's it's it's, Mar- it's February. March is right around the corner. They're running out of time. That is about as good of an example and explanation as to what's been going on as I think I've heard yet. And I'm going to throw an alarming number at you, John. So I was looking on ESPN.com earlier, looking at the BPI and the odds to make it to the Final Four. If I told you that Tennessee has the second best odds to make the Final Four, they and Houston are at the top, Houston number one, Tennessee number two, and then there's a dramatic drop-off. What does that tell you? Tells me a couple things, Jake. Uh, First things is that I don't put any stock into that whatsoever. Um, secondly, it tells me that this is probably the craziest college basketball season that I've seen in a long time. Uh, third, it tells me that all the pieces are there. Fourth, it tells me that Tennessee and Houston are very comparable teams, something that I've stated vehemently all, all year long. Um, they're probably the most two comparable teams in the country. Um, and then again, it tells me, what, and it also is cause for concern, because where does the gap come from is what I want to know, because Purdue looks pretty good, Alabama looks pretty good. Uh, you look at teams like Texas, Arizona, there is not a single team in the country that can't be beat, and there's not a team in the top ten that can't beat anybody else. It is the craziest. You could take every team in the top ten, put them in a hat, shake them out, and see, shake it and see which one falls out first. That's your national champion. That's what kind of year this is. But those statistics, man, they're, they're very skewed based on uh, different you know variables. They go in. Those are called intervening variables. And basketball is that type of sport. With football, it's a lot easier statistics to look at statistics and say well this 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 and this basketball's a little different so i try not to base too much on statistics but 
you know, like I said, man, that tells me a lot that Tennessee and Houston are at the top, and then there's that big gap. It tells me a whole lot of stuff, honestly. And, you know, it's funny you say, like, none of the top ten teams can beat anybody else because we're actually we're flipping back and forth between some games right now, and Marquette, number ten in the country, is down, I think, 13 points to UConn as we speak. And this is a UConn team. They'll play five games, and they look like they can win a national title. And then the next five games, they don't even look like they should be in the NIT. Like, that's how crazy this college basketball season has been. And I don't know if I want to say this is creating more parity, if, you know, Jim Beheim comes out and says, well, Pittsburgh bought the team. We all knew Duke was doing it, but that's why Coach K got out. That's why Jay Wright got out. Like, I don't even know what we're watching anymore. Like, it seems like in some cases it's like this team should win, but they're not playing really well. And then there's other games I look at it, it's like this is just bad basketball. Yeah, you know, the NIL, I think, you know, talking about the NIL and and who might have bought what team, I think it's much more prevalent in football, um, and I think it will be for the long term. But there is something to be said about that. But I do like what's being created in college basketball and sort of an equalization. You know, I've talked to you about this all year long. I've said that there is an equalization of college sports coming. And, I mean, you can look around and pretty much see that happening. The good news is Tennessee seems to be at the top uh, right now across all, you know, major sports. You know, whether it's the tip-top, no, but near the top, um, the upper echelon at least. But I like it. I like it. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of people, you, you get tired of the same old thing. You get up every single day, you make yourself scrambled eggs, but one day you might want a fried egg, you know? Uh, so it's nice to see it's nice to see some different teams getting in there and mixing it up. And like I said, top ten teams could be anybody in the country, but on that same hand, all those teams are beatable, every single one of them. There is no invincible team this year, and I like it myself. Good stuff, John. And we're going to go right ahead to the debate that we've been having all show. We've weighed in. The callers have weighed in. It's not even a debate. You already know where we're going. MJ, oh, yeah. LeBron, Kareem, or other? <sighs> well, listen. All right, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. I have I have a tie for first, and it's for uh, – I'll give you the reasoning. I'm going to take Michael Jordan, obviously. Anybody that says anything otherwise – is a product of this new generation of basketball where you can take six, seven, 15 steps. That, or the Kareem, that's your old head. Michael Jordan did a lot for basketball, beyond the court, too. But my personal goat is Bill Russell. 13 seasons in the NBA, 11 championships, will never be replicated. Well, there were only six teams in the league, John. Get six teams from the NBA right now. Get a player coach during a time. And I, I want to highlight this, too. It's Black History Month. Bill Russell did a lot off the court, too, uh, for people of color in the game of basketball. So that's something to be said, too. That being said, find me a player coach right now, Steph Curry, LeBron James, anybody. Take any six teams out of the league. Put, just make a six-team league. Play 13 years. Find me one player coach that wins 11 rings in 13 seasons. It will never be done again. Bill Russell, go. Man, I don't even know. I, I, I can't I can't go there with you, man. Bill Russell, player coach. I feel like I could drop Draymond Green back in there with six teams. I feel like Draymond, I, I, what are we talking about here? He's saying like today. Oh, like okay. Do it today. Well, back then, man, I mean, that's 
Bill Russell is playing plumbers and firemen, Matt. Like, I, well, if you, you, can't, you can't compare now to then. It's apples to oranges. That's why I'm saying, like, if you were to do it now, take uh, Milwaukee, the Warriors, the, the Grizz, uh, the, the Heat, the Mavs, and somebody else, put them all in the league by themselves. Take LeBron, Steph, whomever, the, the star of each team. Make them a player coach. Play 13 seasons and find me one player that wins 11 championships in that 16 league nowadays. Never happened again. I don't, I don't Jimmy anyone, Butler. I don't want anyone on the Grizzlies to be a player coach. No, no, no. Because we would uh, – I don't even know, man. We, we probably wouldn't even make – probably couldn't even get to the game. Couldn't figure out how to get there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Bill Russell and, – and like I said, man, he did a lot off the court too. And, again, it's a personal preference, I guess. But uh, in terms of the top three, you know, everybody's talking MJ, Kobe, LeBron. I'm taking MJ, and it's not even close. But maybe, again, maybe that's a personal preference, being a 90s kid, growing up watching MJ, idolizing MJ. You know, I'm a big defensive guy, too. And I think, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I heard a really good comparison. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will get, we'll get into that one off the air. But, uh, yeah, I've heard some comparisons that just make it like a no-brainer. I mean, it, to me, it is a no-brainer. So I'm taking MJ and Bill Russell. All right, so you just named your greatest player of all time. Now name yourself an all-time starting five. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Um, give me Ray Ray. Ray Allen. Give me Reggie. Give me... Mm, mm, mm. Let's go by position. Yeah, point, yeah, point guard. Yeah, yeah, point guard, yeah. All right, point guard. Let's see. Point guard. Let me see. Give me Malone. Um... Let's see, two and three, give me Ray Ray Reggie. At the four, give me – go ahead and give me LeBron at the four. And then give me Russell at the five. Who's and, yes, I left out MJ. I'm talking about a, a five, not a one, a five. Wait, who's your, who's your point yeah, guard, John? I'm putting Malone at point. Malone? Yes, Carl Malone. At point? Yes, at point guard, yes. <laughs> Carl Malone. Uh. Carl Malone at point guard. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to test this on 2K tonight. I'm going to put it all in there tonight. This is my personal five, right? Or are we just doing like an actual, should I say well, like Muggsy Bogues or somebody? Well, or we, we, like AI? Earlier we just went by position. Like who do you think is the greatest point guard of all time, greatest shooting guard? Oh, greatest, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, okay, all right, all right. All right. Davis so wants Mario go. Chalmers at the one. Hell no. Okay, give me, all right, then give me AI at the one. Give me MJ at the two. Give me... Uh, uh, let's see, Reggie at the three, give me LeBron at the four, and then give me Russell at the five then. Sorry, I thought we were doing something different. My bad. Oh, yeah, I, I, I like a, I like a, I like a, a different lineup. Yeah, call Malone at <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. I want to put this in 2K tonight and just watch the simulation. Well, I mean, that's where it comes from. I've, I've used, uh, I guess it's my, my team, I guess, or whatever, back on 2Ks, like, of, of old. But, yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's, uh. <laughs> Oh, man. Try it. You'll see. Guess I'm just starting to back people down from half court. Call them alone. <laughs> Got Steph Curry on them. I mean, uh, I guess so. Oh, wow. Uh, that, was, that was a good laugh. Call them alone at point guard. <laughs> I've never thought of that in my life. So I, I, I got to ask what your reasoning is for that. 2K. 2K. Okay, okay. You know, Cam Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is a bucket. Yeah, 91 the last two games. Already has the first six for Brooklyn, back-to-back threes. Yeah, sorry, John. We're watching Brooklyn and Phoenix behind us. The Phoenix Suns are actually wearing the Barkley-era uniforms, which are my favorite. I love those. And yeah. it's just it's just so much different how the game is played now versus what it was 
when we were growing up. Of course, you and I, we grew up with the likes of MJ, Kobe. Um, you know, we started to see LeBron come into the mix. And then we also had a lot of good fours and fives, you know, Shaq, Hakeem, uh, Tim Duncan, probably the greatest power forward ever. It's just so much different how the game is played. And one of the questions I want to ask everybody, I want everybody in on this discussion. At what point do we break it down by era? Because you got to think, we've only got about, what, a 100-year history in the NBA? There are there are crucial moments in basketball, such as the addition of the three-point line, uh, various rule changes. The shot clock. Uh, yeah, things like that. I think that's when you start to break it down by era. Um, but realistically, at the end of the day, if you're going to start talking goats, I think that has to be paramount in the conversation uh, because basketball has changed so much. And, you know, when I throw out Bill Russell, that's obviously the number one go-to argument uh, that I hear is, you know, uh, it's a different. It was a different time of basketball, and that's not wrong, you know. Again, but I like to make the the scenario. I like to throw a scenario out of the six team league nowadays. I just don't think it's replica. I don't think you can replicate that. So, um, you know, it is it is a different era of basketball, but basketball still basketball. So it's you still put the ball through the hoop. And at the end of the day, though, you do need to talk about uh, how the game has changed when you're talking about the goat. Absolutely, and you know that was one of the things that we had brought up too. Is you look at excuse me, the way the game was played when Michael Jordan was around. Three-point line had just got introduced. And everyone still attacked the rack. Like when Michael Jordan made that shot against Georgetown in 1982 in the NCAA championship, there was no three-point line. It was just a yellow lane, yellow outskirts, and just a plain wooden floor. That's all you had. And now you've got the three-point line, and everyone growing up, and you can speak to this just as well as I can, John, Everyone wanted to shoot the three growing up. Not a lot Everybody. of people wanted to drive to the rack and get to the foul line. Everybody wanted to shoot the three. And, you know, you can – a lot of people talk about high-scoring games. You know, you look at some of Kobe's uh, performances and things like that with the three-point line, you know, and then you look back in, in the past when there was no three-point line, you look at guys like Will Chamberlain uh, who connected on nearly 50 free throws, you know, in the game where he scored 100. So, um, I mean, it's just you, – you have to break it down by era realistically, but – the game has changed so much, and I expect it to change more in the future, especially with, with injuries and things becoming more severe. You know, you know, you look back even in college basketball, Kevin Ware, things like that. Um, I, I expect some rule changes, you know, in regards to speed of the game and just player safety in the next few years or, you know, the coming decades. I expect that in football and really across all sports with CTE becoming more prevalent and, and you know, just injuries becoming more severe, like I said. So what could basketball they do? is going to change. What could they do t- – to like help injuries of basketball, I don't, I don't see them much. Just changing. conditioning, you know. Yeah, conditioning. guys aren't practicing well, anymore. They they also load management is hurting more than it's helping. How are you supposed to get get your body prepared for the season, the ins and outs? Exactly. You like, your body's not going to be ready for the playoffs. Well, and this ties exactly. back into Tennessee basketball because look at how much we're playing Zakai Ziegler. Yep. And I think they'll start putting like kind of like they do a pitch count on pitchers. I think it'll be done internally, you know, with with each coaching staff, but. Maybe even the league will regulate how many games in a row somebody can play in the future, or you never know, man. At least limit their minutes. Or how many yeah, games I mean, play you know, can sit out. Everybody wants to talk about football because of the hits, but basketball is a full-contact sport, and you have no padding. So you never know. 100 years from now, they could be wearing pads playing basketball. So, I mean, the game could change. It could look completely different than it does now. So, I mean, we got to think about how hard basketball is on your knees. It is very and hard. Back. And, and back. back. Back is, and your back. And your ankles and pretty much everything. Trust me, I can speak from experience there, man. It's I'm, I'm 30 years old and I feel 80. 
And you, what you and I had some help from another source of being <laughs> terrible on your true, back man. and your knees and plenty your of plenty of gear and plenty of plenty of marches and drill, man. That'll that'll do it too. Word to the wise: government shoes are not the best. John, thank you so much for joining us, man. Tell us where to find the stuff. Guys, as always, you can find all of our stuff. We actually updated the website today. You can listen to the All Ball podcast right there on allballcollinshow.com. Great time, always, uh, recording the podcast with those guys. You can check out all of our stuff on Facebook as well. It's the easiest way to watch and listen to All Ball Collin Show. Just search it up in your search bar. And you can find me on Twitter at JXHNDUNN all together. But, guys, I appreciate it. Glad I could uh, get a little chuckle out of you gentlemen. Really, uh, for real talk, though, when you do the Malone thing, Make sure you run a high post. Hand it off at the high post. Get to the basket. It's a dunk every time. I don't know if it's a glitch or what, but give it a shot. I'm actually going to do that when I get home. John, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, boys. That is John Dunn of the All of All Collins Show doing his weekly appearance. Stay with us. Final segment of Overtime coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Final segment of the show, Jake Miller, Davis Rangi, producer Matthew, and you. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Roger will be our final caller. Good evening, Rog. Uh, <clears throat> well, hey, Jake, man. How you doing tonight, buddy? Tonight. Pretty good, Rog. Well, good, good. Doing good. I'm doing fine, too, in case you want to help. I'm fine, too. Um, I uh, just wanted to ask you, Jake. First, what I ask you is, uh, what I ask you is, uh, is um, Jake, you mentioned the uh, other what is how the basketball is is not good. It's not, it's not as good this year. Um, the the SC's not as good either. That's what I ask you about, about that. Is um, why do you think it's not as good? Why, I don't know. The SC's not as good either. It's not. It's not as good this year. The basketball's not. Um, I just want to ask you about about that. Why do you think it's not as good this year? Basketball is not uh, for SC wise or just all around. Why do you think it's not as good this year? As good. Think, well, Raj, I think like when you look back at um, and I'm going to use Tennessee as the example here. Like when you look at that 2019 team that had Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden, Lamonte Turner, all those guys. They worked as a collective unit. You know, there wasn't a lot of talent on that team, but they were yeah. able to build themselves up, develop and work as a collective unit. In today's basketball, I think the biggest problem, Roger, is that a lot of these guys have too big of an ego. They feel like that just because they are the five-star or the high four-star and they were the star wherever they played high school, that they're just entitled to whatever they think they're entitled to. And it's like, oh, well, I don't have to put in the work. Or they think that they're better than what they actually are, and they're not used to playing the stiff competition that you go up against when you get to this level of Division One basketball. So I think it has a lot to do with ego, and I think yeah. it has to do with a lot of guys that don't put in the work. And then you look at the NBA, Roger, and Davis yeah. Davis can tell you this, and so can Matthew. A lot of these yeah. guys, they're not even practicing. Mm-mm. Like they're just mm-hmm. going to the games and going home, and then however long of a break they get, they're just going right to the next game. Yep. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're right. And, um, yeah, and, and, uh, and yeah, it's kind of weird that way. Um, the, um, the, um, I just wanted to ask you. I, I know that uh, yeah, I know you got some first year coaches too. That's you too. Um, 
Uh, that someone doing good in the winter is one. I just wanted to ask you: Is that who you think is doing better? If, I mean, I know you got I got a few new SC team coach, SC coaches this year. Uh, I know you got Missouri and got a, a few other too. That's why I ask you, Jake: Is um, uh, which one you think is doing better? Uh, uh, which one out of the ones are, are new this year? And see why? Uh, which one? Uh, what coach think it, it done better? You think the first year here, the first year, you think the first year. Well, the first team that pops to mind is Missouri, yeah. just because of the success okay. that they've had, and then Florida. I mean, they they're not good, but they're not bad. I I would yeah. say I would say uh, Missouri's coach is better, Martin, because I mean, like Jake mentioned, Florida, but I would argue that Florida already had a better roster. He was given a better situation. I mean, he already had Colin exactly. Castleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, um, and. Um, yeah, I just kind of, uh, and uh, which one uh, um, do you like? Do, 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 do you think that's a good? Uh, think all of them are good, a good, a good fits? Uh, all on the uh, on the new ones uh, the first year. You think they're doing? You think they're all doing a good job this year though? I don't know uh, one Missouri coach doing better, but but you think they're all doing good this year? You think the first year doing good job though? I think they're doing as good a job as they can with what they were given. Yeah. Um, yeah. A team to keep your eye on, Raj, in the future, and for whatever reason they seem to push out a an elite NBA athlete every now and again is Georgia, and this goes uh, all the way back to the '80s, you know, with Dominique Wilkins, and then a few years ago, you know, they had Anthony Edwards, who's doing really well right now in the NBA, and then they had Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's been a great player in the NBA, and for whatever reason, every few years it just seems like they get an All Star NBA athlete, but. Their problem is they've never utilized those talents the way they should. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sure, you're right. Um, yeah, so I'd be curious to. And uh, tonight, I just wanted to ask you about tonight's game. Uh, obviously, I'll play Kentucky tonight. Um, how you think that? How, how you see that game going? How, how you see Arkansas doing it at Kentucky tonight? Tonight, Jake. Tonight, tonight, tonight. I think. Uh, well, I mean, I really don't know to be honest with you. I think, yeah, I think Kentucky yeah. pulls it out, Roger. As much as I hate okay. to say it, yeah. Okay, I hope, I hope Arkansas can do it. But you know who's saying? But I hope Arkansas can do it. But uh, I wonder who do you think, um, Jake? Who do you think, Jake? Who do you think wins, Jake, tonight? Uh, I'm talking Kentucky tonight. Tonight, I'm gonna go ahead and say Arkansas, Roger. I'm gonna okay. pull okay. for the Hogs. I hear you. All right. All right. Well, I know you by the time so I have and uh, get talk to y'all and and, and uh, y'all have a good night. Okay. Have a good night. Appreciate the phone call, buddy. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, Roger, want to talk some basketball. Um, Before we leave, I meant to bring this up yesterday, but yesterday and today has been a pretty busy show. So have you all seen the uh, details of Jaden Rashada's Florida contract? I have not. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Can I read it? Yes. Yes. Rashada signed the NIL contract that day. It called for a $500,000 upfront payment. After that, his payments would increase from two hundred fifty thousand a month as a freshman to two hundred. This is per month. Yes, to two hundred ninety-one thousand six hundred sixty-six dollars a month as a sophomore to three hundred seventy-five thousand as a junior. Uh, rounded out with one hundred ninety-five thousand eight hundred thirty-three monthly payments as a senior. So so long as he fulfilled the following obligations. Residents in Gainesville, Florida, at least one branded Twitter post and one branded Instagram post per month, up to eight fan engagement events per year. These could include in-person appearances, social media engagements, video conferences, or interviews. None will last longer than two hours. Autographs up to 15 pieces of merchandise per year. 
and the total number would have been $13.85 million. Yeah, so I just did the math on this. So it's freshman year, you said 250000 correct? Per month? month. Yes. That's $3 million this freshman year. How much was his sophomore year? Two ninety one six six six. He's going that's, to hell. That's three point five million, basically. Three seventy five a month is junior. That's three point eight million. That's four point five. Same thing. And then what's an extra seven hundred grand? Yeah, and then one ninety five eight thirty three is a senior. Plus the five hundred thousand for initial up front, signing. Yeah, up front. So that's basically it's basically two point three five million. Yeah, I mean this guy was. This is ridiculous. Basically, the signing bonus $500,000 up front, man. So, how are they going to pay anybody else? Is my my question. (laughs) Hey, well, that that donor's pockets are going to be running thin if he had stayed for four years. So, let me ask what do you all think happened here? I mean, who wants to pay this? Who wants to pay him $500,000 off the rip? I wouldn't. Pay him $300,000. Pay him two hundred fifty thousand. He probably wouldn't start as a freshman either. Pay him two hundred fifty thousand a just month to sit on the bench. Yeah, I mean that's three point eight. You said three point eight five, correct? Thirteen, thirteen point eight five altogether. Yeah, all, yeah, all four years. Well, yeah. and keep in mind, a four-star defensive back that was committed to Miami has requested release from his national letter of intent today. Saw that. Where did Jaden Rashad end up committing? Arizona State. Arizona State. State. Yeah. Huh. Want to be Jaden Daniels? Hmm. Well. Guys, do you think the checks are bouncing down in Florida? Duh. They probably bounce down here too. Yeah, they probably bounce down here. Five hundred thousand dollars up front. I mean, the checks haven't bounced here yet, from what I, from what I've heard. Everybody's at least following through on their deals. I don't even know since Herm Edwards got fired. I don't even know the Arizona State head coaches. I don't either. I don't either. I don't okay. I don't how did he go from Florida to Arizona? State. To Arizona, yeah. the most random thing ever. Probably want to get as far away from that as possible. There might have been a clause in it to where you couldn't transfer to another school in the state of Florida. You couldn't transfer to another school in conference. Emory Jones is there. He went from Florida to Arizona State. Maybe that's his big bro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we'd never know. But and we won't. I guarantee you, uh, whatever he's getting to Arizona State is not that. Wow. Uh, $13.85 million if he stayed all four years. That's more than people making the what, first three years of NBA yeah. That's more than the majority of Americans will ever make in their life. Yeah. yeah. Guess everybody John just got him some uh bought him some Chick fil A and I don't even know. What a else bag there. of chips. Yep, bag of chips, some Tide bag Pods. Of beans, and, yep. Pair of socks. I did have a bag of chips before I came in here today. And a half eaten apple. That's gonna do it for us. A used battery. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Davis. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Half a Reese cup. Something else. Coming up next, you're on WKGN. Tune in tomorrow for 3 and Out right here on Fan Run Radio.